Previously on the Nature of My Game podcast. Yeah, I think we can get to your uh, secret priesthood in a minute, but I think you need to call her back right now and tell her she can't come here. So if you if you want to just go ahead and share, you know, your marital status and if you have any children or anything like we, we can just all go around the horn and do that. If you only have an hour for me, we can have lunch and, you know, maybe you'll find a little more time for your your only sister. I think the things that he feels the need to keep hidden for now are anything to do with uh, prehistoric topics. That just doesn't even make any, doesn't make any sense, which, you know, I acknowledge is why we're here. And as is tradition in any great Delta Green game, everyone pulls out their laptops and you begin to research. (laughs) (laughs) He claims that his group was a revival of the culture that worshiped at the Chester Mounds in ancient times. 8,000, even if they're not like the hardcore, that's a big cult. The Chester Mounds are a large series of interlocked earthworks. And if you look at them from above, they look like three snakes coming together at the tongue. Oh, now I was hoping at any point in that that was going to stop. Why you got, why you got, why you got to tell me that? Like, I don't want to go there, but like, you're, you're making me think like we should go there. <laughs> Chester, Ohio, July 4th, 1992. It was nearly two in the morning, and the party Scott Cogan had decided to attend at the Chester Mounds was still raging on. The town would be shooting off fireworks the following night, but the high schoolers in Chester had had their own fireworks show of sorts. One of the seniors had found some M80s and lit them off without warning. Scott was surprised that hadn't drawn the police, but two hours later, and still no sign of them. Scott was starting to think that he wouldn't mind if the police showed up. Sure, he might get in trouble for drinking underage, but he was starting to get a little... paranoid? He really wasn't sure what it was, but he was getting nervous. Why did it seem that every time he turned to look at a group of people, he thought he saw one of them turn their head away from him? Why were they looking at him? He chugged the rest of the beer in his can and tossed it on the ground, and then looked down at his shirt and pants. He wondered if he had accidentally spilled something, and that's why people were staring. But no, his clothes looked fine. A bit ragged, maybe, but who could tell in the dark anyway? He looked up again, and this time he was sure that he had seen Lucas Jeffries turn away quickly. Why was he looking at me? The nerves in Scott's stomach were bubbling up again now. He felt like he might be in danger. What were they planning? What were they going to do to him? What was Lucas going to do to him? That's when he heard the voice in his head. It was the first time that he remembered hearing it, but it felt like it had been there for a while, like it had been whispering for hours and Scott was just hearing it now. It said, simply, Do it. Do what, though? But honestly, Scott knew exactly what he had to do. Maybe the voice had told him, but it was obvious. He was in danger and he needed to escape. But where would he go? He really needed to eliminate the threat. He needed to eliminate the ringleader of whatever this plan was, and then he'd be safe. He needed to eliminate Lucas. Taking a deep breath to prepare, Scott cracked his knuckles, rolled up his sleeves, and started walking toward his foe.
So one of my favorite parts about Delta Green, um, and, and the listeners will know this, Delta Green is, is my favorite, favorite role-playing game. One of my favorite parts about it is I think it's more about the characters and the way that the work affects their lives than it actually mm-hmm. is about solving the mysteries. So solving the mysteries is fun and like trying to you know figure out what's going on is fun. But like at the end of the day, the things that Delta Green agents face can't really be stopped and even if you happen to stop one of them by some luck you, you know it's 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 such a it's a drop it's a drop in a, an ocean for what's you know the the actual threat of the unnatural it's more about telling the stories of their characters and what the effect that this work has on them having said that i have found it difficult in the past sometimes to bring characters personal lives into stories and so i was bound and determined this time to make sure well, I'd say they're there <laughs> didn't seem very difficult this <laughs> to make sure that the characters personal lives played a role in the scenario and so you know nick i know you've played once before and you you don't have any necessarily uh personal life relevance in the story yet but for everybody like I don't know. Are you are you approaching things differently now that you feel like there are personal stakes for your character? Um, I would. I I I think approaching it differently this time because I mean, in in all honesty, like I, I before the first go round, I wouldn't say that I other than like the super superficial aspects of Sunny's character. I don't know like how much I really delved into him and like mm-hmm. was you know creating a backstory for him and so i'm not sure like how much emotion there was in that first season necessarily mm-hmm. but as i was thinking about him going into this season i was like wow like so much shit has happened to this guy yeah um, <laughs> this poor guy. so it's like hard not to think about those side of things like they're like when we were discussing just doing like the character um kind of like regroup uh, i was just like there's so many ripple effects from like everything that happened mm-hmm. so i guess approaching it differently just in that like i feel like there is more of a a character there and yeah. more uh, more yeah. emotion uh happening but not necessarily because like i'm a <laughs> i don't know like a more seasoned player or anything like that <laughs> well and i haven't i haven't thrown a family member or a, or a bond <laughs> into the into the story for you yet what about dan and emily well, I mean, for for me, like we we talked about earlier, like it's all very new to me. So that and this character Seamus is new to me. So I'm trying to figure out like what what his motivations are and how he behaves. And so it's throwing in the personal aspect in like in real terms. He's like a character, and then it's it's not an avatar, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like me playing a game, but with like a different name and a, like a different costume. It's like oh, this is a person that I have to think about with their own relationships you know, motivations, desires, fears, etc. And so it's an it's an additional layer of challenge. It's fun to, to but but it's a challenge to be like, well how does Seamus relate to Aoife? Like what is Aoife like? How is their relationship? How does he want to protect her? In what ways? So it's uh it's it's, it's <laughs> it is another layer for sure. I wasn't yeah, expecting yeah, yeah. it, Eric. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting for, for me because I have I never used to do this. Like I knew many people for years who loved making a playlist based on a character. And it was never something that I did. Like, music just didn't connect to people that way for me. Mm-hmm. But in the last year or two, I have begun, like, specifically making playlists for all of my RPG characters. And they're fascinating because trying to figure out what 
you're looking for. Because I go searching. I go searching for, like, artists that I know I like. And, like, I just start looking through their catalog. I'm, like, on Genius.com, double-checking <laughs> lyrics, because I never know lyrics. And I'm, like, what are, where are the resonances that I'm finding? And it becomes this kind of interesting way for me to find that emotional layer of who the person is. Like, for instance, as you all now know... Ellie had a recent breakup and there are a lot of like unhappy relationship ending songs on her personal playlist with like varying degrees of angst. And so it's, it's very, it's, it's funny because that wasn't necessarily where I thought I would be thinking a lot about her. Um, but of course now the challenge is I've had all that, like me thinking in my brain about that part of her. And it's like, how is that going to come out? <laughs> All right, you gotta, you gotta, know. you gotta give me one song off of Ellie's and one song off of Francis's playlist. <gasps> I can do it. It's all in Spotify, friends. <laughs> we can make them public. We don't need to make them public. <laughs> I think, I think the people are asking for the Francis Anderson playlist. <laughs> the people are clamoring for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, Francis, um, there is a song. The very first one on hers is by a band called The Family Crest, and it's a song called Howl. And it's this very raucous and rollicking song that I literally is the kind of the Yellow King watching people dance for him. Nice. Um, I love that. And so it's it's very... <laughs> it's a great song, I'm telling you. But yeah, that is that is like one of those, those hooks for her. For Ellie... Oh, um, How to Embrace a Swamp Creature by the Mountain Goats. Um, the entire album heretic pride i was like oh my god every single one of these it's my favorite mountain goats um album and there are a lot of songs on there that are very like cerebral person trying to reckon with like a big wide world there is literally a song called lovecraft in brooklyn (laughs) which like Hmm. is spot on oh man yeah those are my selections (laughs) ellie a complicated character Dan and Nick, uh, off the top of your head, a song that you, you think would be on uh, Seamus or um, or Sonny's playlist? If you don't have one, it's okay. I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> I, I think I think Sonny, I, I mean, if we're going to tap into his, like, surfer aesthetic, um, mm. well, I guess, like, he does that for, like, meditative relaxation purposes. Yeah. I, I imagined him, like, having a lot of, like, instrumental music, okay. like, not a lot of That's lyrics, cool. just kind of, like background stuff again this might have been more like pre-hellbend i don't know what he's been listening to uh since then but he was definitely on a track to like try and be calmer and like more uh self-actualized and now who knows Mm. fair enough i feel like uh uh seamus listens to a lot of like john prine Mm. just like um like some some kind of soulful country music that's uh you know some deep voice and he just kind of drives in silence listening to well he's silent in his thoughts (laughs) but listening to just old john prine that's great i love it i love it all right so um we're gonna dive back in when we left our characters they had um just spent a a a a night of googling um as any good delta green agent should do (laughs) at the beginning of a of a of an operation, found some interesting things about Douglas Yale, found some interesting things about um, Michael Brown slash Dan and Ignis and the new Star Crusade. 
not so much about William Lasseter um, or the the um, Hunt Electrodynamics and a little bit about the, the mounds themselves. Nick, you've got a look on your face. Hit, I was going to say, like, <laughs> I find the lack of information about William Lasseter as equally intriguing. Yes. I, I'm telling you, yeah. it's Hunt in a I wig agree. and glasses. Yeah, I mean, I, I had it. I, Sonny, I think, I think part of the reason for his, like, uh, deep dive into Hunt and Hunt electrodynamics afterwards was also, like, maybe an inkling in his head of, like, did Hunt really die the way, you know, people think he died uh or or just you know what yeah what what of his work has like continued in in some way so yeah i don't know i mean that certainly sounds like a made-up person if like there's no photos <laughs> of this person there's no information about them existing it's other weird. than it's just taking weird. over like a a large company so maybe uh maybe emily's on to something <laughs> maybe <laughs> Um, who can genuinely who can say <laughs> Eric yeah I mean I guess me yes, and anyone accurate. who has read Future Perfect Part 2 <laughs> um, or Future Perfect Part 1 I suppose has the information in it too so you kind of all you start got ready to turn in for the night Seamus met Aoife um, who arrived at the hotel they had a little bit of an argument about whether they'd be do, saying mass in the hotel room in the morning or going to the small uh, the small Catholic church in Chester um and Sonny and Ellie went to bed as well, but uh, because of some racing thoughts, Ellie got up and looked outside and happened to see her ex-girlfriend Sam emerging from the passenger seat of a car that has just arrived at the Best Western or maybe just arrived at the, the room that she and the other person are staying in. Um, so we're going to go right there. Oh, um, no. <laughs> Inevitable. It's like just before midnight, you, you're like... Your mind was racing with all of the like coincidences, and yeah. now here is just this this like super coincidence um, that this car with Sam in it happens to be pulling up when you look out the window. What's going through Ellie's head? I mean, I think that's that's the thing, right? Is that her mind was already jumping and jumping and jumping and going fast, and I think when she sees Sam, it goes white, like she just freezes, um, and it's. It is the first thing that she can that she can articulate, um, I think, in her own head is this like, what is it? It's it's that feeling of I was right. I was right. This this isn't this isn't coincidence. She's here. She's following. She isn't. She's she's here to report. I, she's she's watching. She's watching and she's watching me. And there's no way there's no way there's no way it's anything else. And like there's this undercurrent of disappointment because Ellie has been convinced that Sam was watching her and was reporting back on her and she was convinced but she didn't want it to be true and now she feels like it's true and it's confirmed and is she correct in making these assumptions who can say <laughs> Eric can say um <laughs> But yeah, in this moment, she's just like, oh God, it's it's true. And I think simultaneously or nearly simultaneously, there is just a prickle in the back of her spine because she's like, I was trusting Sunny. I was trusting Sunny. Am I supposed to trust Sunny? What? I, I don't know. And so now that seed of doubt is just planted that like maybe she can't trust. Maybe she can't trust him. She doesn't know about Seamus. <laughs> Seamus seems fairly on the up and up. I don't know. Mm. 
On that but... note, um, I do need you to roll me a sanity check because you oh, you do no. suffer from uh, an actual diagnosed case of paranoia uh, yeah. because of some some things that have happened in your past, and this is certainly it's triggering true. that. So I need you to roll me a sanity check, please. Okay, and so just to double check. I need to make sure it is ideally under where my breaking point is. No, no. Equal to or less than your current sanity. Okay. It is just my current sanity. Yep. Oh, boy. That's a that's a 92. 92. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's not good because her actual sanity. <laughs> it's not 92. I can tell you that much. Is uh, 48. Okay. <laughs> you think about it for, you know, this, this all happens in a kind of split second in your head. Hmm. But you don't trust Sonny. No, you really absolutely don't. Not. He he's pro- he may he may just as easily be a plant to be watching you too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's from the program. Like, come on, come on. What was I thinking? Mm-hmm. So, what do you do? I think a lot of the way this manifests is Ellie desperately wants this to go well because she really wants to be able to do this. And to be a part of this. And so she is going to let the curtain fall back and try to pretend that everything's completely fine and is going to go get back into bed. Okay. Do you think she can sleep? Nope. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. Nope. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So fast forwarding to the following morning, Ellie has not gotten much sleep. And so I'm gonna, I, I, we're going to give you a little bit of a penalty for that. Yeah. Nothing personal. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Just very much looking forward to our uh, three hour car ride. You're, 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 yeah, you're driving. <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> and I like that it's my ex and I haven't even bothered to clock who is in the car with them. Nope. Nope. <laughs> That's not important. 92. Come on. Yeah, I was going to say there's not much sanity that is going to fall under that. <laughs> Um, like a child on their best day. <laughs> All right. Um, exhaustion is what we are going mm. to do. Great. Love that for me. So an agent who works too long or faces extreme danger and injury without resting becomes exhausted. I think we're also going to say when you, because of this, you didn't sleep and you become exhausted. Roll a D6 for me. Oh my God. Sure. It's going to go great. <laughs> it can only go up from here, right? Knock on plywood. Six. All right, so you lose six willpower points. What? Great. <laughs> it's day one, y'all. <laughs> um, so how many willpower points do you have left? Where is my... There it is. Okay, so I now have six. Okay, That's a, I mean, it could be worse. Um, but you're oh, also going to take a minus 20 penalty on all checks until you're able to rest. Great. Now, I will tell you, if <laughs> you'd like to Western. do something to <laughs> offset your exhaustion... That might remove the penalty for a certain amount of time. Um, so that's up to you. Drugs. <laughs> hmm. You don't have to decide right now either. Yeah, um, let me think about that. Does a lot of coffee work? <laughs> or um, do we have to go harder than that? <laughs> you uh probably going to need more than coffee. Great. Okay. Okay. So you wake up the next morning. Or maybe you don't wake up. Maybe, <laughs> maybe morning just arrives. And I believe the plan is that Ellie and Sonny are going to drive together to Cincinnati while Seamus uh, maybe has mass in the in the room. Uh, maybe maybe goes to somewhere in Chester. 
I just feel like a one-on-one mass is so, <laughs> so intimate. I can't uh, even I've done it. Move. It's weird. <laughs> yep. Yep. Same. 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 Yeah. So, Seamus, we're going we're gonna to flip back to you. Morning has broken. Cat um, Stevens is singing. And, so <laughs> <laughs> um, and when you wake up, and you, you're an early riser, yeah. when you wake up, Aoife is already dressed, her hair is done, her makeup is oh, on, God she looks ready sake. to go to mass at like 5.30 in the woman? morning. Well, there's no, first of all, there's there's no Catholic church, Chester, Ohio or otherwise, that is going to have a daily mass. <laughs> no, se- 7 a.m. <laughs> she's just ready. She's ready to go. All right, great. All right. I asked her how she slept. How'd you sleep, Eva? Oh, great, great. I got a, I got a full five hours. All right, great. Um... <laughs> I don't know where I'm getting this stuff for. It's just like it just feels right. Right. I think she's had a transformation due to whatever geographic location she's from. That's some. That's some new dad terminology. <laughs> full five. Full five. <laughs> Oh, oh, ouch! Um, can I ask a can I ask a clarifying Absolutely, question out of character? Yeah, yeah. So, like, is is this really like par for the course for Aoife and how she interacts? Or like, at a certain point, am I like, hmm. yo, this is weird, man? Like, or or are we or are we not quite at that? Place? I'm I'm picturing this as this is what she's like. She okay. whatever she wants, especially from you, she just she just does. She just does because. I think I think it's probably, and you can tell me if you think that if you think I'm mischaracterizing her or your relationship. But I think she thinks she knows better what you need than you do, and so she I think that's right. she kind of forces that correct. on you. Yeah, I think she's correct like seventy five percent of the time. But when I clash with her, yeah, Seamus clashes with her. It doesn't go great. Yeah, because and I think because she's right seventy five percent of the time, she does what she wants one hundred percent of the time. Right. Right. Okay, so um, I and she would know this, but I'd say you know, um, great. So you know, I'm gonna pray morning prayer as I have to do. Um, would you like to join me? Absolutely. And I, yeah, great. So we pray morning prayer. I said like, well, this would be a great time to just slide right into into mass uh, here in the hotel room. <laughs> slide right. And um, I thought maybe afterwards we can get get breakfast. How's that sound? You know, Seamus. If that's what you want, that's what we can do. I just, I would, I just want to stop in the church. Just, we don't have to do it now. Just at some point, I just, I want to stop over there. I just want to see it. I just want to see it. Is that okay? Can we do that? We can do mass here. Yeah, let's do mass here. Just because, like I said last night, I'm, I'm kind of on call for this patient at the hospital, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which isn't, isn't real. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's a hospital around somewhere. <laughs> the hospital's probably <laughs> real, but um, the patient's not. But I feel like this is a good cover. I feel like she's, she's, I hope she's buying it or I hope she, you know, I, I have no reason to think that she, she's not buying no. it. And then we can, on our way to breakfast, let's stop by the Catholic church and we can see it. That sounds great. That sounds great. Great. And so you start mass. So I say mass, and maybe a half an hour later we're done. And it's six, it's six a.m. Know, <laughs> six a.m. <laughs> Uh, Dear Lord. Maybe the maybe there's a 24 hour diner, or uh, or they just happen to you know open early. But so are you are you gonna allow her to kind of lead you to Chester, right? Like that's what she that she wants to go to Chester to the Catholic Church, and then she's got a spot picked out for breakfast, the Chester Diner. Of course she does. Yeah, I I guess I'd allow it. I 
I think, like, while I didn't get good vibes in Chester, as we talked about at the baseball game, I don't think, like, Chester is... Like, I, I, I feel like I don't get a good sense of it, but I also don't feel like it is dangerous, imminently, imminently dangerous to go into Chester. Sure, sure. So she she says, let's just go. We can we can walk around the town. I think there's a nice little park there. If the if the if the restaurant isn't open yet, we can we can just walk around a little bit before we uh, before we start. Um, I, I'll drive. And she she has like a she has like a, a like a new like black SUV. She's got like a nice a nice car. So I, I mean, you know, like if, if everything else was equal, it would, you know, make a little sense for her to drive. It's a nicer car. It's more spacious, whatever. Do you push back on that or do you let her drive? I I mean, is Chester a, a diverse uh, town in which like there would be otherwise nice cars and that we wouldn't like stick out? Oh, yeah, there probably would be some other. Yeah, it's it's not like okay. a it's not like a poor it's not like a poor area, necessarily. Right. And this isn't like a Hummer where it's like... No, 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 no. It's just like... No, it's like a... Aoife! <laughs> no, it's like a... It's not like an Escalade even either. It's it's just like a Explorer or whatever. You know, Aoife, that, that sounds great. I You know, I've been meaning to... Uh, uh, you know, I always drive this this beat up Corolla. Like, would you mind if I, I drove the car just so that I could have uh, a little bit of uh, experience um, driving something newer? Does that work? We take your car, but I drive. Yeah, sure. Here. She tosses you the keys. You're messing with my head, Eric. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> why does it matter who drives a car? I don't know, but this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. The look I'm convinced in his he's eyes. a pod person. He's like, he's, it, I think yeah. it's also because of the mic and the computer. He's like leaning into the mic, but he's like giving you some side yeah. eye while he does it. Like, <laughs> she scratches her left eyebrow. What do you do? How do you do? Do you respond or do you just let it go? <laughs> It's one of my most, it's one of my favorite parts about GMing Delta Green is like, what are all the like tiny little details that I can just like really focus terrifying. on? Just Absolutely because, terrifying. Because it allows me to focus on the tiny details that are relevant without you getting suspicious. Great, great. It's so fun. It's so fun. So you don't know which ones are important, which ones aren't. Sure don't. Um, so you, so you two start heading into, into Chester. Meanwhile... What is the what is the morning look like for Ellie and <laughs> and Sunny? Sunny, you probably saw that she got up like a little bit after you both kind of turned off the lights, looked out the window, but you know, she went back to bed after that. Ellie, you're like full on like this person is not to be trusted. So how what does the morning do you think look like before you head out for Cincinnati? Um, I mean, take a shower. It's as good as a as good as at least of an hour. <laughs> As far as sleep replacement goes, I don't know. Like she'll kind of say, I guess, when she finishes getting getting dressed, she'll go, "So, uh, you want to like hit up a continental breakfast or make your D's?" Yeah, I'm not quite sure the best Western is gonna have a, a great <laughs> spread for us. Uh, but yeah, would love grab some some coffee somewhere. Quick quick coffee shop stop on our on our way there. That sounds that's a, that's a, that sounds real good. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think if we if we hit the car, like Ellie knows she's tired. If she sees like a gas station, I think she'll just be like, "Let's just, you know what? Let's just gas station coffee. You know, like it's fun. It'll do. I don't know. There's gonna be too many like good coffee places here." And I will say, if you want to like, if you want to do like like a venti Starbucks with like two extra shots of espresso, like well, I if think you go extreme, thinking... you can. <laughs> I think she's gonna like 
get coffee. And those places have caffeine pills a lot of the times mm-hmm, for truckers. Mm-hmm. And I think she's going to grab a pack of that and like start with the coffee and like keep that maybe like take one right before they hit the road since she's going to be driving and she doesn't want to be unsafe. Okay. That sounds good. And actually, why don't you roll me a persuade check and sure. Sunny, why don't you roll me a hume int check? Mm. It's getting interesting. Oh dear. Eight. So that is under my persuade. Which is eight under. Eight under um, 40. Eight under 40, okay. And I am 36 under 70. Okay, so actually when, when there are two successes, mm. the, actually the higher total wins because that allows the more skilled person in the thing a, a better mm. chance of succeeding. And so I think Sunny, you can tell that something seems off with Ellie this morning. She's acting differently than she did the night before. Sure. Uh, I mean, Ellie, you, you doing okay? Did you sleep okay? <laughs> um, I mean, you know, like hotels, I never sleep good. Like first night anywhere new, it's it's weird. You know, there's noises and the, uh, the pillow's wrong. So I didn't sleep great, but it's fine. I'm fine. Sure. Uh, do, do, you, do you need me to, to drive or anything? Happy to get us on our way. She is gonna pause because she is doing math in her head of like what's gonna seem better if she should do it or if she should let him drive would that be weird would that be fine um (laughs) it's hard to know i mean no i think i'm fine for now like we got coffee i think it's it's fine like maybe maybe you can drive on the way back yeah sure no worries great all right and the um, road Ellie, why don't you roll me a d6? Oh, God. It's too much rolling. I don't. This makes me nervous. Six. All right. Well, so for the next six hours, um, you do not take the minus 20% penalty. Um, the caffeine pills oh, are, are working. Great. They are working. Mm, buzzing. <laughs> Let's get in there. <laughs> um, so assuming you hit the road at around 8 o'clock, you should arrive in Cincinnati around 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And so you uh, you hit the road. So if we switch back to Seamus, the church and the diner are not open when you arrive in Chester at about 6.15 or 6.20. <laughs> um, but mass is at 7, and so they start, the, the doors open around 6.30, and so you're able to kind of swing in. It looks like a very kind of bland, you know, small Midwestern town, modern Catholic church. Nothing very exciting. Carpets. Not a, not a, not nothing, nothing to behold. But Aoife, Aoife seems to be happy that you went and looked at it. And then the diner opens at seven. And so you're able to, to sit down and, and have breakfast. Right. Seamus, are you, uh, are you okay? You've been acting weird since I, since I called you and said that I came to visit her. I know you're busy, but are, are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine, Aoife. It's, it's, uh. I think I'm just, uh, you know, just a little stressed. Uh, I got the call to to give the last rites to this to this person, and I had to shuffle some things around. That combined with your your unexpected visit just kind of um, put me in a funk. But but I'm fine. Sure, sure. I mean, why did they want you anyway? Don't you have classes to teach? Why why did I mean? I know you said that this person is a is a donor, but did they did they ask for you specifically? Um. You know, they 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 asked for any Jesuit, and I volunteered. So um, it was me. Don't you have classes? 
I do, but, you know, as a priest, you know, always willing to serve, and I have a lighter load this semester, Aoife, so I actually, I don't have class today on Tuesday, and so I can, I just kind of cancel my office hours today, and, and a few meetings, and, and uh, hopefully I'll be back uh, by tomorrow. She kind of looks at you a little quizzically, and then kind of like looks around a little bit to see like if anybody can hear you and then she just kind of whispers you're not doing you're not doing an exorcism are you (laughs) if uh if i was i couldn't even tell you so i don't know why you're asking well i mean it's just i mean you said you you know you said you had stopped doing those i just i i don't know i wondered whether they they were asking you to come back in again I'm not there, but hello. <laughs> Amazing. Please carry on. The peanut gallery will be quiet. <laughs> no, no, no. Please don't. So I'm thinking because I, I'm I'm deciding whether to say that I am, even though that's okay. not true. <laughs> okay. To, even though that's close. But I'm nervous about doing that because that is closer to what I'm actually doing than... Um, what I'm lying about saying that I'm doing, if that makes sense. True, so. but it's also way more plausible in her in her mind yes. than what you're actually doing. Correct. So I'm I I consider it for a, a minute, and I say, "That's right, Eva. I'm I'm I got called back in, and I'm exploring whether an exorcism is appropriate for for." somebody and she like she kind of leans back in her chair in her in her seat like in the booth like kind of self-satisfied like all right i figured it out right like i <laughs> she's like okay I, won't, I, I know you can't talk about it i, I won't ask anymore i i won't ask anymore freaking sisters man <laughs> <laughs> so um assuming you don't get called away what what should we do today well um you know, there's not a lot going on here in Chester, but I, I did uh, see that there is a museum that we passed. Um, you know that you know the Hunt Company or the Hunt Electric Company. You ever heard of it? Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess their their big founder guy was is from here. So, I mean, if we got nothing else going on, we could we could go to that museum and I don't know, learn something. Sure, that 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 sounds great. You know, I, I also read there are some. There's some nice hiking trails outside town. Uh, it's a really nice day. Like I might want to. <laughs> Sorry, the <laughs> Emily's face. No, <laughs> no, they're gonna take your bones, Eva. They're gonna take yeah, your bones. Let's go to the backwoods <laughs> and do some hiking. I I heard there's some nice hiking trails. I I thought it could be. I I might go out and you know if you're if you have to leave, that's something I can do. And if if not, maybe you could come with me. You know, well. <laughs> <laughs> Paste, paste, paste. I'm going to be paste. real with you, Aoife. I'd, I'd rather not um, do any hiking just because, like I said, I can't discuss this much, but I may need to be uh, stay close to to Chester, and a hike would, would take us kind of further away. And can I confide something in you, Aoife? Of course. Of course you can. This callback to, to, to do this exorcism, which, like I said, I'm not going to talk about a, a lot, but it's... You're right to suspect that I'm kind of off, and it reminds me of of some previous exorcisms I've done. It's it's reminded me of of uh, what happened to you when you were much younger, and I can't. Uh, I'm I'm really uh, that that makes me fearful. So as much as we can do to you know stay together, and as much as I can do to ensure your safety, 
I know that may sound weird or paranoid, but um, this is, you know, I'm your older brother and, you know, I just got to look out for you. So I hope you can understand that. Why don't you give me a persuade roll at plus 40? <laughs> Why yeah, don't I don't want to be an anywhere answer? near Aoife. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nothing else to say beyond I'm a priest. No, I just also do exorcisms and have a sister who has a history, a history. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Incredible. I rolled a 98. Oh, no! <laughs> Better than a 99! <laughs> so she um, she gets kind of a, a stern look on her face and says, Seamus, you know, what you do with your time and, and your career, of course, is your business. And I, you know, if you don't want to go hiking or you can't go hiking, I, I totally understand. But that was a long time ago. And I'm an adult woman. And if I want to go walk around rural Ohio on a hike, I'm going to do that. And I, I, I don't, I just, I don't appreciate you putting my past back in front of me like that. Aoife, no one wants to walk around rural Ohio by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to yourself. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I was like, of course, I'd be like, of course, you're your own woman. Uh, of course, you can do that. Of course, I'm not trying to bring up old wounds or re-traumatize you by any means, but I you know, I, I would be remiss Aoife if I didn't say you know, that, that I'm a little worried I'm a little scared and I'm just I'm, I want you to be safe. Sure I I understand, I, I, I know that your heart's in the right place. Let's just um, let's go to the museum. Great Alright, so we're gonna, we're gonna... Aoife! <laughs> 98 <laughs> that is, That's an incredible role all right, so uh, the, I'm the, not I'm not liking how these roles are going after like after last time Sonny was doing two. all this stuff like the roles were not in, in our favor in any way. Oh boy! So we're gonna the 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 time of day is gonna jump around a tad yeah. here, but we're gonna kind of go back and forth between the two groups. So for for the the Cincinnati crew, <laughs> it's about eleven o'clock, and you are arriving in Cincinnati, and so. Well, so do you do you want to do you want to try to go to the green box first, or do you want to try to contact the agents first? That's a good question. My thought was to to contact the agents first. Yeah, they're probably gonna be able to help us get into the box. I imagine. Sure. Yeah. Get it. Get into yeah, the I'm box. Yeah, I'm driving. Or, so if you wanna or no, call them up. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Definitely. Still the the agents first. So yeah. Uh, Eric. One of them you said was the DA. Is that? Yeah. So so one of them is. Um, a DEA special agent DEA. named Rigoberto R. Young. Um, and the other one is a Cincinnati police sergeant named Stephen Moreno. I'm so sorry. Could you say the DEA one again? Sure. Rigoberto, R-I-G-O-B-E-R-T-O, R. Young. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think Sonny can, again, like use his real job as a, a CIA, you know, analyst to, uh, let's start with, Start with Rigoberto, so maybe would would call the the Cincinnati DEA office and ask to speak to Rigoberto you know, regarding some um, you know uh, needing some information for a, a, a case that that I have been assigned to. Yep, uh, no problem. So the the person connects you, and a few minutes later, or if, you know, a few seconds later, you hear a voice on the other line that says, um, "Special Agent Young." Yes, hi. Uh, this is uh, Special Agent Sonny Lau calling. Um, I, I'm 
I'm in town uh, working on a, a case that, that you might be able to, to help me with. I'm wondering if you have some time today to, to talk. Uh, you said Lao of what, what agency? Uh, CIA. Oh, uh, CIA. Um, okay. What's the, uh, what's the case? Yeah, it, it's uh, in regards to your, uh, your work with the, the Douglas Yale case. And he, like, pauses for kind of a long moment. And he says, Douglas Yale, huh? Um, we need a secret handshake. And you said you're with the, uh, the CIA? With the CIA, yes. Um, I think we might have some, uh, some mutual, uh, interest in, in the Douglas Yale case beyond, uh, CIA, DEA workings. Nice. All right, uh, yeah, take down this address and, uh, and we can meet. And he, uh, he gives you an address. Great, thank you. And then he hangs up immediately. Great. I was gonna get it. It's gonna get a, a time. time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yes. yeah. He, he, he's we like put that uh, in Google Maps. <laughs> you gonna send like a Google Calendar invite or? Give me a give me a couple hours. Uh, two o'clock. Two o'clock. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll, I'll be there. All right. Um, okay. So it's eleven. It's eleven o'clock. You've got a meeting at two o'clock. What's the plan? Great. Great. Do you want to call the? Do you want to try to get a hold of the other one? That makes sense. Sure. At two o'clock, my caffeine's gonna run out. <laughs> He's Cincinnati PD. I I, I I did hear like all the secret handshake stuff. I'm just trying to think like. <laughs> I think you did it right. That's that. I think yeah. what you did is yeah. It... I think that was perfect. I think that worked. I'm just wondering if there is any like code words or like uh, uh, I don't know, like at the opera kind of lingo that we could be. Mm. You could yeah. You you could potentially refer to the opera and you might get something. But I mean, I think what you did, which is refer to the case in question yeah which someone listening to wouldn't you know have any reason to question but he knows that that was not a dea case that was a delta green case that worked gotcha gotcha okay sounds good then yeah uh yeah we've got plenty of time so i think yeah calling the cincinnati police department asking to speak with officer moreno officer it's in my hand (laughs) uh officer uh yeah uh moreno please Sure, sure. Um, so you call Cincinnati PD. They say they're going to connect you. It rings four, five, six times. Goes to voicemail. Yeah, this is uh, Sergeant Moreno. <laughs> Not on my desk right now. Leave a message. Beep. <laughs> Hi, Officer Moreno. Uh, my name is uh, Agent Sonny Lau with the CIA. Just was hoping to uh, speak to you today regarding a, a former case of yours. Um Happen to be in Cincinnati uh, for the day. If you have a chance to uh, give me a call back, that'd be greatly uh, appreciated. I'm wondering, you know, yeah, is it going to be better to mention the case on the voicemail? Is that going to like trigger him to call back more, or if I'm just like making a mundane request? I don't know. I think you would not. I think you would not want to have it recorded if you could help it. Yeah, that that was that was my thought. So we're, we're we'll, we'll end the message there. Uh, thanks so much. Call me back at this number. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. And did we have an address for the green box? At yes, all? you have an address okay. for you have an address for the green. You have a, an address for the storage facility and a Great. number for the green box. Okay, it's that we don't have the key. Yeah, Special Agent Trelvane said that it should be nearby the storage unit somewhere. <sighs> okay. Cool, 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 cool. I guess, I mean, I don't... <laughs> she didn't know where it was. She like it, yeah. she just knows of the existence of the green box. Ellie, do you need some more coffee? Um... <laughs> I wouldn't say no. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like if we poke around there, it's going to look, like, suspicious. 
I mean, if we if have we, we have the address, we know exactly what storage unit we're looking for. As long yeah, as... that's true. We walk up confident. We don't yeah. look too weird. Unless unless you would rather wait uh, three hours for. Oh God, no. I mean, I'm aware Officer I'm Young. running on fumes here. No, let's at least go check it out. Because, I mean, I don't know. For all I knew, it got burned up in a fire last night. So we might as well know now rather than three hours from now. Sounds fine by me. All right. I punch that in. Google Maps, ahoy. All right. Um, so you do that. And Google Maps tells you that you are headed to the Park and Store It, which is a couple <laughs> miles outside of Cincinnati. Love it. It's unit 131. Just making sure to the address that we got from Rigoberto. That's not like, it's like in and around Cincinnati. Yeah, we're not like driving way mm. out of the way. Um, it is It is around Cincinnati. When you type it in, it seems like a, like there's nothing really there. Oh boy. It, there's no like business that comes up. And the Google Maps picture looks like an abandoned rail yard. <laughs> Stoked. Of course. I love it. It's for us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Okay. Maybe maybe in that case, we're uh, we're, we're aiming to get there a little early. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe 1.30 or so, so we can at least do some yeah. uh, uh, some reconnaissance on the uh, the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, so we'll just keep that in the, in the back of our heads. <laughs> Great. Um, so you head to the park and store it. The facility, when you arrive, is surrounded by a 12-foot fence with razor wire. Oh, jeezy crazy. But there is, a, there normal, is like a little... <laughs> that, I think that is actually normal. Yeah, you're probably unit. right. Um, <laughs> we're, we're all good. <laughs> and the gate is closed, and there's like a little like oh, security no, hut. code? No, there's a little security okay. hut. Looks like somebody... <laughs> Looks like there's like a, a, like a teenage kid sitting in the security hut. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, man. How's it going? Hey, we're we're just we're looking to get into our our storage unit. Um, we you know we we may uh we we misplaced the key, and they told us last time that they that you guys kept spares or that um you know you might be able to to get us in. The uh the main key or the unit key? Uh the 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 unit key is that the well, one? Well, so there's like a there's generally you would have a key to the facility and then a key to the uh... unit. And you said we have one of them, right? She said that the she was implying that the unit key would be near the unit somewhere. Yeah. Oh. But like, but the 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 other key is like, if you go outside of hours, you can still get in to your stuff. Gotcha. Oh. Uh. Oh. Um. The, just just the the main key, yeah, the unit key. We uh we 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 keep up by the the unit, but uh the the main key to get in, we don't we don't have um. You know that's uh. It's not very safe to <laughs> keep the key by the unit. He's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know we're, you know we're in uh, suburban Ohio. We're very very trusting, um, and uh, let's let's just say we're we're very uh, uh, comfortable with our our our, uh, our hiding spot for the key. At least it's gonna try and smile. <laughs> All right, man. Whatever you say. And he like taps a, taps a couple of key uh, buttons, and uh, the gate starts to swing open. Hey, th- thank you so much. We'll we'll just be we'll be real quick. Appreciate it. Take your time. That kid thinks we're idiots. <laughs> he's it a, works. He's, a it works. he's gonna do whatever we want him to do. <laughs> All right, let's go check it out. So you drive in. You find unit one thirty one. Uh, looks pretty big. 
maybe 20 feet high. I mean, it's like a, it's, it's, it's a big, it's a big unit for sure. Steel door, rusted steel padlock. Are there any like ledges that a key might just be sitting on the top of out of sight? Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You gonna reach um, up there? I'm pretty tall. Yeah. Can I like feel? Sure. You kind of move your hand around. It's kind of gross. There's like moss mm. and like rotting leaves and water yeah, up is. there. Uh, but after a second or two, your hand touches a key. Oh, uh, mm, mm, this is what I expected. And I'll I'll pull it down. Delta Green, you know, we're very, very secure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, does it does it say like 131 on it? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, I'll put in the lock. Let's check it out. All right. Yeah, it uh, it fits the padlock. And you click it open and you swing open the storage unit. And we're going to cut back to uh, to Father Seamus and Aoife. <laughs> and Aoife. And Aoife. She's always there. Um, so are you, you're, heading to, uh, you're heading to the Hunt Museum? Yeah. All right. So you walk over and it's two stories right in the center of town. Doesn't look like a lot of activity. Doesn't look, it's, does, you know, nobody's lining up to go into the Hunt Museum. Across the sidewalk and across the street from it, there's a small park. There's a few people kind of milling around there. Some people, you know, sitting on park benches, a couple people jogging around. And that you see a 12-foot-tall bronze statue of a man with his hand outstretched. That's I sitting presume this is, in the park. this is a statue of Arthur Hunt. You would assume <laughs> so. Are you going to go look at it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, it does. Uh, on, the, on the bottom, it says um, Arthur Hunt son of Chester, Ohio. The name of the sculptor is on there, Alan Melendez, Chicago, Illinois, 1953. And yeah, the the man is just kind of like looking out across the park as if he's like looking off into the distance and his hand is outstretched in that same direction and he has a smile on his face. I think it's, you know, I've seen a million statues. I'm a priest, you know, so I see statues all day. <laughs> um, so I, I, this looks like any other statue of a famed son of a town and uh, of an innovator and a founder of a company? Yeah, for sure. Um, Aoife says, wow, they uh, they really like this guy, huh? It seems they do, yeah. He seems to have done a lot of stuff. Do you know anything about him? Hardly anything. Well, let's, uh, I guess let's, uh, let's go find out, huh? Yeah. All right, so you go inside, um, and the first impression that you get is this, like, Whenever this place was put together, it hasn't changed much. <laughs> this isn't like his childhood home or something. This it's, is no, like a, it's, just it's, a building. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just a building, uh, two stories um, in the center of town. And there are like technical drawings on the walls, like hundreds of photographs um, kind of hung up around and some display cases that seem like there are some old like electronic devices inside them. Um, and as soon as you walk in, a woman stands up from behind the desk and she's graying hair, kind of dressed like a parody of a librarian with a button up blouse, khaki pants and <laughs> wide rimmed reading glasses hanging around her neck with a cord. Great. <laughs> and she says, um, welcome to the Hunt Museum. I'm I'm Mary Gerard, uh, the director of the museum. How can I help you? Uh, yeah. Hi. Nice to meet you. Uh, my sister and I are just um, in Chester for, for the day. And uh, we heard this was a museum and, you know, we thought we'd just, you know, kill an hour or two here and learn a little bit about uh, Chester's favorite son. 
you, you came to the you came to the right place. Um, well, you know the museum is it's open all day. Uh, you know I, I'm here. Uh, I I do do I do give tours if you're interested, but you're you're welcome to to walk around and peruse yourself too if you'd like. Yeah, I think we'll I think we'll we'll walk around. And is there anything we absolutely have to see in this museum? <laughs> Oh well, everything's so interesting, but um, oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, a, a lot of the old, um, a lot of the old electronic devices are 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 pretty interesting, and and well, you know, he was just such a genius. Some, you know, that I don't know, I certainly can't decipher them, but you know, some of the the technical uh, technical designs that we still have, some originals, they're they're very interesting too. You can tell that she's a little deflated when you turn down the offer of a tour. Oh, Mary. <laughs> Aoife, would you rather go on the go on the guided tour or would you rather uh, you know do our own thing? <laughs> do you think Aoife is a, is a is a particularly perceptive person? You are. <laughs> Based on our conversations? <laughs> no. Oh no. <laughs> uh, she says, "Well, uh, let's maybe we can just peruse on our own for a little while." Gosh, okay. Thanks, Aoife. <laughs> Thanks doing so solid. <laughs> you know what? Well, yeah. How about this? Um, I'm sorry. What was your name, ma'am? Oh, I'm I'm Mary Gerard. Mary Gerard. Thank you so much. I think we're gonna start on our own. But if we have any questions at all, we'll come back and um, and ask for your for your help and uh, and guidance. Yeah, that's that sounds great. Thank you. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So you start. You start to. Um, you start to look around a little bit, and they seem to be the displays seem to be set up in chronological order, um, kind of telling the telling the history of Arthur Hunt in you know throughout his life. And you have this kind of the 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 history of Arthur Hunt in your head a little bit um, mm-hmm. from what Sonny told you. And the first thing that you notice is there are there's not a lot from before. Arthur Hunt's kind of quote-unquote transformation. There are four photos, and all of them show him in various states of intoxication. Oh God! Um, including one at the celebration, uh, the the celebration of the end of World War One, where he's climbed a light pole with his pants down. Oh, wow! Boy. They put that in the museum. Huh? <laughs> oh yeah, they put every, they put every everything that everything that exists is in the museum. Um, and you also notice that. Uh, there are what look like a few original versions of arrest reports for Arthur Hunt before 1923, oh um, along with his birth certificate and um, his name on the deed for something referred to as Hunt Farm. And I think the thing that stands out to you most from this is that his signature looks like a childish scrawl, um, like someone who has a like not very good grasp of language, like is not particularly literate. That's weird. I, I feel like I look really closely at that stuff. Okay. For clues. <laughs> of, of what? I don't know. But I'm, but I'm looking for clues. Find those clues. Yeah, if you look at his birth certificate and the arrest warrants, it looks like he might have been arrested for the first time when he was like 13 years oh old for public God. intoxication. In Chester. In Chester, yeah. I think that's strange. And I, I, I wonder, you know, as a, again, as a both a... A man of the cloth, and as a like as a person who is interested in psychology and a, and knows a lot about psychology, I'm wondering what went on with this man to have such a drastic transformation from kind of mm. a a, a ne'er do well to scientific genius. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Aye, there's the rub. That is the rub. Yeah. All right, so, so we're going to switch back over to, to, the, the, about that? to the Cincinnati crew. So you swing open. You swing open the uh, the the storage the storage unit in the park and store it, and it's packed with what seems to be the remnants of an estate. It's like old tables, chairs, a disassembled bed, all wrapped in plastic and covered in dust. Most of the items are marked with Pickman Wright Estate, O one one two six nine, January twelfth, nineteen sixty nine, in fading pen, and. Also, what look like maybe two large paintings that are carefully wrapped in yellow muslin bound with wire and stowed in the corner on top of milk crates. Um, what is your each of your search scores? 43. 40. Okay. All right. So both of you at about the same time also see in the corner a heavy wooden chest with a triangle carved into the top. And that is where we are going to end our story for now. Come on! (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) That was an hour. I don't know what to tell you. That was an hour. No, it's fair. It's fair. This podcast was published by arrangement with the Delta Green Partnership. The intellectual property known as Delta Green is a trademark and copyright owned by the Delta Green Partnership, who has licensed its use here. The scenario Future Perfect is copyright Dennis Detwiller, and the contents of this podcast are copyright Nature of My Game podcast, accepting those elements that are the components of the Delta Green intellectual property. Our intro music was composed and produced by Jean-Luc Bouchard. You can find more information about the Nature of My Game podcast at NOMG Podcast on Twitter and Instagram or at NOMGpodcast.com.